Saba Radio. Hey, everybody. This is Chad Shapiro with Saba Radio. And I want you to do us a big favor. If you're watching this on Facebook, share it out there around the world. Um, and if you're listening to this on the radio, yeah, share that too. And save it on your phone or wherever. I have it on my phone, uh, sabaradio.org. Um, as an icon there, I just click it and listen to great music and listen to great pastors like we have here today with Kevin Prather. Ke- Pastor Kevin is with us today. I thank you for your time, my friend, and I don't want them to keep hearing from me. I would love to hear from you. If you could kind of introduce yourself, where your church is, the name of your church, so that everybody, this is one of the great churches in Saba and in San Antonio in general. So if you are uh, looking for a church home, get over there to Stonebridge. Go ahead, Pastor Kevin. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Chad. Um, again, my name is Kevin Prather, and uh, I am the pastor of the Stonebridge Baptist Church. We're on the on the far west side on 7684 uh, Tally Road, and so we are uh, we're out in that area that's just booming uh, and. Um, uh, I guess the closest 1604 and Calabra, as you head out towards uh, Castroville, were uh, right, right there at Old Tally Road, and uh, that's where our church is. That's awesome. And how long have have you been in ministry? Uh, Thirty-four years. Well, praise God! Thank you for all that you do. I know that that has changed many lives through your life and that sacrificial uh, giving yourself to to the Lord and to the community at large is such a blessing. Um, it's uh, the only way anybody is in ministry that long is the grace of God, because yeah. you, uh, you know, I mean, I, I it's, it, to me, it's, um, it's humbling. It's, 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 uh, it's scary to think of when I look back on the number of guys that started out with me in, um, in seminary, that are no longer in the race, and it's not—it's not because I'm better. I'm not. It's—it's it's just God's graciousness, and so I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm thankful that He's allowed me that privilege. That's so awesome. Well, that's great, and we'll continue praying that the, even the best times will be yet to come. That's all. What about your family? Do. A little bit about your family. Okay, my—I'm—I'm I'm married to Priscilla, and in May uh, of this well, next month. Bear 30 year anniversary, and so time flies like unbelievably fast. And it was just yesterday, uh, we're young kids, and and uh, and it, so here we are. And, and I have two children, Christian, who is 28, and he'll be getting married this July. And so our family's about to expand, and that's amazing to me. And my daughter Hannah is 24, and so I'm, I mean, I'm just my family is my, my great earthly blessing. I'm very, very thankful uh, for them. Yeah, praise God. And so with the, with the great track record of ministry, I think many times people look at somebody who served that long and think, you know, I, I still struggle with my faith or I still doubt and, and maybe think that you never have ever before. But obviously we all have to make a choice, um, you know, to follow and what was a key factor in, in kind of making you make the decision that, you know, Jesus really 
did he walk this earth, die on the cross, was resurrected three days later? What was a key thing that maybe will help uh, somebody that's a little bit on, on the fence, you know, that may be watching or listening to this? Sure. I, um, it, it, there's really a couple of aspects to that. One, um, my, my, my family of origin was my, my parents, my, my household. Um, I, I was, I was very, I'm very blessed to have been raised by uh, godly parents. And so I grew up around God and the things of God. And I was, I was immersed in that. And um, at the same time, the church that I attended um, in, in church history books, you, I, I, was, I didn't know it was that big of a deal until I was in seminary and we were in church history part two. And uh, my, my church was mentioned in a church history book. We were, we were the part in San Antonio. Uh, it was the epicenter when there was an authentic revival that broke out in the, in the early 70s in San Antonio. And um, that, I, I still have really vivid uh, memories of that. It wasn't anything... Um, bizarre it wasn't anything you know weird it was just that that god came in power and, and, and there was about a three-year period where um i mean lives were just getting radically transformed and people were really excited about jesus and so i grew up seeing it at home but i also in in in, in church life i i knew that the lord was working out i'm a young kid but i can see what is is doing and so I make a decision when I'm younger, and and like um, like like a, like a lot of people do. I mean, I, I'd like to say that I've always walked with God, just you know, perfectly. But I actually went through a, a season of of a pretty pretty rough rebellion um, in my in my teenage years, and um, all the way through my college years. And so uh, I grew up as a when I was a kid, I was real sickly and. Um, in and out of hospital, they had real bad asthma, and back then, that's just what she did. And so, um, I started to um, read a lot. And that reading was when I, if I wasn't out playing and doing stuff with my friends, if I was sick, man, and if I was sick and indoors, I was reading. And I started to read, and I started to read all kinds of things about how exercise, this, that, and the other. Maybe I could work through my asthma. So I got really heavy into weightlifting and a bunch of other stuff, and then. The tragic irony is for me when I look back, but again, God redeems things and uses things. When God started to to give me grace, and actually in my teenage years, I started to have less and less problems with asthma. I started to fill out, and I started to be you know stronger, this, that, and the other. I, I used His blessing, um, and I started to live the life that I thought um, every guy that was cool my age should live. Right, and so man, I'm I'm doing all the things that. I, I was in I was I was in very strong rebellion against God, just trying to you know, party to do every this, that, and the other. And um so so that led to some pretty dark places. And I, God gave me grace. I made it through Baylor while I'm still, you know, living pretty, pretty wildly. And um but I was miserable. I was miserable inside, but I never let people know that. I knew that, and that's because I was grieving God profoundly. And and what he did was I I, I became the prodigal. Who, who left home and um, so to speak, my father's home, my heavenly father's home. And in that sense, just went to a far off country and God let me wake up with, uh, you know, uh, with, with, that, with, that, with that sense of, well, what have I done? How did I get here? 
And, um, and, and this is actually a part of that spiritual formation because during that time I was starting to think, I started to ask questions that people will sometimes say, well, am I a Christian because I was just raised in a Christian house? Well, so I was exploring other, I, I was looking at other religions in there and trying to read them. But every time I would read stuff, I, it would just, it seemed no matter what, the, and I was reading the original source materials. And so no, no matter what I was reading, it seemed like um, it was very clear to me, well, this, 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 is, this can't be true, this isn't true. And so here, you know, here I was, and on the, from the outside at that point uh, in my life, um, people might have said, well, he's doing pretty good. He's on a great career path, and he seems to kind of have things together. I was working at USAA, but again, now I'm mis- I graduated from Baylor. I'm miserable inside. No one knows it. And they, my, my, my big spiritual liberation time came, um, I would say, when I'm 23, and I remember sitting at my kitchen table one day, and I said, God, I give up. Whatever you want, just take it. I, and, and I started to get, I gave everything, my dating life, finances, future, vocation. I just, I, I quit. I said, whatever you want. I surrendered to the best of my understanding because I realized that, that, my, that, that the only way I was ever going to experience or to have true life was going to be found in Christ. And, and, and among the things that helped was helpful, there were some uh, friends that I was meeting at church that I started going back to church. Who, um, who who were into apologetics, and they were they would answer some of my questions, and that was I met some. In other words, I met some Christians who were really intelligent and had actually thought deeply about some of the things that I wrestled with inside. So that's that's really kind of all those things were going on at one time. So it's, it, things happened in phases, and so that I, I look at that time when I was twenty three, the Lord. Uh, when I, you know, waking up in the pig pen, so to speak, and just want to come back to my father's house, and, and God just started a new trajectory for me, and um, I'm, I'm very thankful. I, my life, I've not been perfect, certainly since then. Um, and, and any Christian, I always tell people when I when I preach, and when I tell when I talk, any Christian that says, "Oh, I'm perfect. I've arrived," run away because they're lying. And so, um, for me, that one of the ways that God redeemed that period of my life was that he's given me a heart for people that are on the outside. I know what it's like to be the guy that people look at and go, Oh man, he's, you know, he's too rough around the edges or he's God's not going to do anything with someone like him. And so, um, that's just, I know what it's like to be the tax collector. I guess I'll say that. (laughs) And so I have a heart in my uh, space in my heart is very special for that person. Man, that's awesome. Talk too much. I'm sorry. No, please. That's why we're here. This is awesome. This is so great. Um, so what uh, what is some of the vision of the ministry? You know, what's your favorite part? What's the vision? What do you see you guys headed at Stonebridge? Well, the, our, our, our vision statement is to be a church in the community for the communities in the world. And we've been praying and, and flushing that out now just for the past four years. Um, this June will be my sixth year anniversary. And so what, what that's been looking like in our church um, is fascinating to me. That our, I'm thankful that our church is actually, it's a, it's a praying church. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times, and I've served when I was, you know, in different church contexts, when I was a youth minister, church planter, um, and, and I've preached around different places. Sometimes prayer meetings in churches can just be kind of, which we need to pray for the sick, but here's our sick list and let's just say a prayer for them and then everybody moves along. 
but but our church is one where we actually every week we walk through we walk through the adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, supplication model together as a, and so and we so our prayer times are they're meaningful and um, so we've been praying about what does that look like and through through all of that uh, just since we started to to get that sense that God wanted us to, to be that kind of a church there's been several things that have been birthed um, and 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 so we for a while we sponsored some missionaries over in Brazil and. A, above and beyond uh, just what we're doing with, with our denomination. And, and right now we actually are, we have two sister churches in Italy that we are, um, uh, and they, we have a really good relationship with and that I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to unfold over the course of this year. And we have people who are working in like with, with pregnancy centers. And then we have uh, a big serve team that goes out and blesses people in the community and does different things. Uh, that are serving. And so during the COVID shutdown, some of those things changed, right? Because what you could and couldn't do. But um, right now we're seeing a lot of the ministries scale back up. And so people are getting back out into the communities. And so that's a, a big part of our vision is that not just to exist for ourselves and not just to make, not just to make people uh, you know, comfortable. And by that, I mean, I think one of the great dangers in evangelicalism today is the um, appealing to the consumer mentality that the church growth movement inadvertently rather spawned. And so we don't want to just do things to get people to, hey, come sit and just let us do everything for you. We actually want to, uh, we believe it's our calling to equip every, every person, to give everyone an opportunity to serve that everyone is supposed to be on mission. And one of the things that we're, we're actually working on that we'll be launching, uh, we're, we're, we're beta testing that um, uh, starting this May, at the end of May as a greenhouse. And it's gonna be a seminary kind of an experience for people who are wanting to grow in, in lay leadership. And what we're hoping to do from that is we have a partnership, a partnering uh, possibility now with Southern Baptist Theological Seminary as well as Boyce College. If we continue to take certain steps, then we'll be able to actually um, partner with them so people could get degrees through there. So really, my our, our prayer for the church is that we would be a, a church that is an equipping church, uh, a church that is is absolutely clinging to the once and and, and historic faith, uh, a church that uh, is on mission in the community and around the world, and, and a church that is training and, and raising people up, and a church that is blessing the neighborhood. So those those are like the, that. Those are the things that we're praying and we're focusing on. And our, our prayer is that we'll be able to start a third service, Lord willing, at the end of at the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022, and then we're going to have to take some other steps uh, beyond that. But it's a it's it's very much not about us. It's, it, we we want our 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 consistent prayer. It's not just the staff, but it's it's when you have lay people praying this, it's just amazing. God, what do you want? We just want you to glorify yourself. Yeah. And so that for for God to be glorified in our church is our main desire, our main passion. So that's that's what we pray about, and that's what we talk about. And so we do things a little bit differently. Um, we don't always we don't do plug and play ministry. We're we look at every little area and we kind of pray over well, what, what would you, what do you want us to do here? What's going on? And so it may take us a little longer sometimes to get certain things in place, but, but we know we've prayed through them and we want to hear from God and we want to dive deeply into the word and we want to take a look at the culture, what we need to do. And, 
so it's just a, it's a different place. I'm very thankful for the people. They're they're gracious, and um, uh, it's just been a blessing to watch what God's been doing. That's awesome. That's so great. I love it. Great vision. So in ministry, um, sometimes some funny things, strange things happen, and for the rest of us. It helps to know that we're not the only ones uh, that things happen. What, what's something that maybe sticks out in your mind? Well, you know, when you ask me, uh, yeah, so, so you have these extremes, right? I mean, and, and it's, I think that sometimes people have a view if you're a pastor or you're in ministry, right? That we, um, that we have this nice little sheltered life where everything is just comfortable and cozy. And, uh, you know, all you guys work an hour a week or whatnot. They don't, I mean, it's hard to explain to people, right? If they don't, if they don't know, but I was just looking back and there's a lot of things over 34 years. And honestly, you know, a lot of, to me, a lot of the funny things are, are uh, just, I'm, I'm a self-effacing person. And so I, I look at sometimes some things that I've done or just said, or just kind of stumbled into and, you know, just like, that was silly, but, but for specific sakes, I, I, I thought of a few things that were on the different like extremes, like to me, a couple of funny things that just I still kind of laugh about. I'm also kind of a quirky guy, so that may not be as humorous as others, but and then a couple of things that were like, wow, wake up calls. Um, one of the, the one I share with people always is not a bragging thing, it's just a sense of, of people understanding that that sometimes in ministry you're going to have uh, some really significant choices, whether you're going to try to please God or people, and it may be it may be scary, and so. I had a death threat when I was in Dallas because I was bringing, I mean, mind you, I, I, I'm young, I'm in seminary, and uh, it, this was in a rough part of Dallas, right? And so um, I'm young, I'm in seminary, and uh, I just think I love Jesus, and I want everybody else to love Jesus, and I'm sure the church loves Jesus, and, you know, and so I didn't know um, any better. I was driving, one day I drove by on the way to church, and there were these projects, and there were a bunch of of, uh, of black kids that were youth age out there playing football. So I pulled over, said hi, introduced myself. And they were kind of like, you know, who's this guy at first? And I started throwing the football with them. And then, you know, so over time, I become like the all-time quarterback. See, they play me down. So I then I started bringing these kids to church. Now, I didn't, I, I get the church van, I'm loading them up, bringing them. Now they fit in great with the youth because they, just, I mean, they all knew each other. The youth had no problem with each other. But apparently, um, some some people in the church didn't take kindly to that, and so I came back. And this is this is dating me. But I came back to the house one day, or my apartment rather. Um, I lived in 420 glorious square feet of a efficiency apartment, and uh, remember those old answering machines with a little tape, and so you didn't have caller ID, that kind of thing. And I remember remember playing my messages, and all of a sudden, I mean, it was just, it was a real deep. A draw, a southern draw, that basically, and a few choice words were thrown in, I was going to get my head blown off if I kept bringing those, and wow. then it was racial epithets, to church. And I thought, well, that, that's one of those, you're a young guy, come to Jesus kind of a thing, like, well, Lord, what do I, I really would like to not die, you know, and I'm pretty, this guy sounds pretty angry, and, uh, but I knew that I was supposed to please the Lord, and God had placed those young people in my life for a reason, and it was interesting. I went to my pastor, and that guy was, at that time was just trying to hang on to um, to his. I mean, it was a rough place, and so I was left kind of hanging out there. But um, God wow. took care of things, and He protected me. I'm, I'm alive. Amen. There was a guy in Wisconsin 
Yeah, oh, man. Uh, there was a guy when I was a church planter in Wisconsin who, um, who I, I was doing a Bible study at the little martial arts place where I was. The, the sensei was, a, a, he was a, he called himself a cultural public Buddhist. Real interesting guy, but he got really interested in Christianity. And so uh, John started to ask, hey, would you do a Bible study? Now, some people find in that community, that's like a really, it's a no-no. You don't bring Christianity and that stuff. And so there's this really huge guy, and his name was Larry. I remember that. And uh, and so he he um, uh, he he had black belts in, in, in a couple of different disciplines. And uh, one day I'm at home. My, I'm married now. I've got a small kid. This person was a small child. And I get a phone call from John the Simpson. He goes, hey. Uh, man, I don't, you know, you're still going to do the Bible study up here, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, I just thought you might want to know Larry called me and he says he's going to meet you in a parking lot and you, he's going to, he's going to beat you up because he, I told him he couldn't do that or he'd get kicked out, but he said he was going to. And, uh, but I told him you could take care of yourself. I thought, John, why are you saying oh, this guy is huge. Right. And so I thought, wow. So what do you do? Right. So, um, I remember that day I'm driving, it's always snow all over Wisconsin, right? So I'm driving in the snow going to the gym i got my gym back and i thought man i'm gonna get jumped in the parking lot by a massive guy who hates god and hates christians and hates me wow. for some reason yeah. and so i get out there and i remember praying and praying and praying but i gotta show up because we had like 10 guys coming to this bible study and so i get out of my car i don't see larry i'm walking inside i'm thinking man larry, where are you and i'm thinking okay i'm okay so i go in the locker room and it was crazy because there was nobody in there. I walk around the corner and I was like, right, we, we like smack dab into each other. And I stopped and I thought, well, you know, here we go. And so I, God gave me grace and I said, hey, Larry, how you doing? And it was crazy. God, just, God melted his heart. He just like shrunk down and got real calm. And he said, oh, I'm fine. And then he walked. I never saw him again. I mean, I, I wish that I could say he came to Christ and everything else, but, but God removed that, I guess. And we got to see other young guys come to Christ, but it was it was a real yeah. test. So those are like the scary things. But there are a couple of quick funny ones. Like there's one, and don't get do, do not if, if there's any young person listening, do not do yeah. this to your pastor. When I was uh, a youth minister in Houston, um, they would let us have youth nights. So once, and it was a big church, and so um, like once a month we would have a youth night, and I, I was pre I would preach, and uh, so we were baptizing that night. Well, the, the pastor's, uh, one of the pastor's kids got a little, uh, I didn't know it until I was actually in the baptistry. You know, I have my, my preaching clothes on, you know, so I, I mean, I have the waiters on and uh, he poked little pinholes inside the waiters. So I'm in the water and all of a sudden I thought, man, this feels really, this feels weird. And I bad, and all of a sudden I started to realize this thing is, these things are starting to, there's water coming in here, oh, and no. so I, 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 I've got the baptisms. I've completely got through those, and then I'm trying to get out, and it's really heavy. So I'm pulling myself out, and my pants are soaked. I'm oh. supposed to preach in like ten minutes, right? Oh. And so I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do? And so all this crack team of people like got together, and they're like had all these massive amount of hair dryers out there, and so I went out with like. Uh, kind of kind of mostly dried pants and pants. Oh, it was really kind of awkward great, and yeah. then i would say just the weirdest not the weirdest but the most the most uncomfortable thing but it, it, it was happening and so all you could do at that point was i was doing a funeral i won't say where okay i'll just say over 34 years i've been in a few places 
I was doing a funeral for someone and um, this individual, were you to have known her, were you just sweet, petite, just always nice little old lady and uh, always a kind word. And so you have this image and she knew all the right thing to say. So she had, she, so when she passed away, uh, the family met with me and uh, as, as we do, and we were planning the ceremony, just talking about, and they said, well, you know, um, let's say, well, she uh, was also a part of the, of, the, of the VFW and she liked to volunteer there and some, some people there would also like to know if they could speak at the funeral. And so I'm real careful because sometimes that can get out of control. And so I said, well, I just want to make sure that if we could, if I can meet with them because the funeral, it really does need to be worshipful. I want to make sure we're not, oh, okay, okay, no, no. So we have the whole, the whole thing is planned out. And I met with someone from the VFW and they said, yeah, I just want to be able to share how she helped out. And I understand pastor. Yes. Well, well. so this place is packed. Um, it's, uh, there's many people present and it's, it was interesting because most all the church was in like, you know, one side and then the VFW people on the other. And um, so we're up there and um, things are going well. And the family had a family representative share, and uh, it was beautiful, and shared her testimony, and it was very wonderful. And then the VFW person got up and started to share, and things are going along fine. I'm sitting on the platform, I'm looking at people, and then all of a sudden, I thought, oh my soul, this is not happening. He, start, he, he starts to, he just takes a sharp left turn. So this is why if, if anybody got, well, so he takes a sharp left turn and says, oh, yeah, and who can forget Jane? Boy, she loved to dance, you know, and thought, well, okay, well, oh, where's going? Boy, yeah, when she would, you know, at the end of the night, and she'd be smoking a cigar and dancing on top of tables with a, with a bud in her hand. Or, and, I, and, I, and I sat there, and so she had this secret life no one knew anything about, and it was right there in the church. And so I looked out from the platform. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to get up and now preach. And about right after this time, right? And so I'm looking, and half the church, you can see jaws dropped. They had no idea. Wow. And then people started to, to chuckle. They were looking at me like, good luck coming back from this one. Yeah, yeah. VFW people are all, uh, they're all dying laughing, just having a, a great time, you know, remembering all these, these things that no one knew anything about. Wow. And then he leaves, and he sits wow. down, and now I'm supposed to get up and preach. That was that was funny to me because um, that's good. Yeah, that's not something that you would, that you want to try to get. But God gave grace to actually preach the gospel, and um, yeah, um, it. it worked out well. But it was just it was a it was a very uncomfortable, awkward few moments. I love it. Great, great stories. So looking back, you know, like when you were younger um in in ministry what do you wish you knew then that you kind of know now you you could look back and tell yourself one it's a long obedience in the same direction and I, that's from eugene peterson and so i mean you hear it all you know it's you know it's a marathon not a sprint but it is um god's grace is new every day and they're going to go through a lot of ups and downs and sometimes they're really going to be tough and sometimes the worst attacks may come even from within the church. And, um, but you got, you just have to, I don't know. I think that I had, I entered ministry a little, uh, 
Well, I, I didn't know that I would experience all that, I, that she would experience, I guess, in terms of some of the, of the trials. I wouldn't change a thing, though. I mean, yeah. they all served a purpose. But right. uh, And then I would also tell myself just to make sure, I mean, it, it was told to me early, and so I'm, I'm thankful for that. But don't, don't never sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry, meaning don't, don't be so busy. You miss your, don't you have your date night. Make sure you're spending time with your children. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't mess that area up. And so I'm very thankful that I, I listened and I would just, tell, I, would, I would look at me and I would, and I would say, look, there, at times people may not understand that. that. That was the part that was interesting to me. Sometimes people just, well, I, I know it's your day off or I know it's your date night, but it's just one quick thing just to be able to, to know how to draw a little bit um, better boundaries at times, you know, if that makes sense to be able to say no, because by and large, God gave a lot of grace that I did. I did. We did fairly well with that, but there were also times looking back that I just, I needed to learn how to say no a little yeah. bit more. And, and, and if people were, were upset about it, that's just, it's, you can't, if you're available all the time, you're going to end up burnt, getting burnt out. I actually hit a place one time where I look at that um, and I would trace a lot of it just to not to having to learn how to say no better um, that, that I was just, I was just fried, man. I hit, I hit, a, I hit a dangerous part of burnout. And so, um, but again, God redeemed that, but I would tell myself to be really, really careful. You're going to have to, you do have to learn how to say and that goes for anybody, not no matter what you do. Right, right. You say yes to everything. You're not God, you know. Yeah. And um, so right. yeah, I think that comes to mind immediately. That's a good word. So we we have your sermons, and they're going live on Salva Radio. And uh, and what are some of the things that excite you about Saba Saba Radio? The initiative to share, you know, pastors underneath Saba's umbrella around there. Any thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I well, first I, I I pray that God is glorified in, in uh, everything that Cyber Radio does, and I, and I think that to me the idea that there would be a platform um, where it, to me it's just another way for the gospel to get out. Yeah. Um, and so, if I understand correctly from a, a friend who I think you, I think Cyber Radio is also uh, it's not just in San Antonio, but yeah, it's being pinged. From different places around the world, right? So Digital. to me, that's oh, anywhere on the internet. Yeah, that's amazing to me, and I think that uh, I'm excited about the possibilities of what that might mean for the advancement of the gospel, and also for believers to be encouraged, and 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 perhaps some ministers to be equipped. You yeah. know, that's that's huge, and so I just pray that that God continues to to bless what you guys are doing, and that you all leverage that for His glory and kingdom purposes. Yes. Thank you, man. This has been awesome. So if you guys are watching, get to Saba Radio, get to Pastor Kevin's preaching when he's doing it from uh, from Stonebridge and uh, we will be blessed for I thank you for your time. I know you're busy, but it's really helpful to all of us watching and listening and uh, everybody that is watching. Share it, like it, comment, get on Saba Radio and let's uh, continue to grow and move forward for the glory of God. Take care. God bless you. Thank you all. Saba Radio.